0: Come run, come Come on, come in my friends. Here we go. We are going to jump into the very first story in the Book of Mormon. Um, Everyone in my house has been sick this last week, so my voice sounds a little um, sick, but I am still going to tell you the story. So, do you remember in our last episode that we talked about Lehi's family and how Heavenly Father led them out of Jerusalem because he knew that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed soon? Well, our story begins with Lehi's family still living in Jerusalem. Now, Lehi recorded all that was happening to him at this time on some plates that were given to Joseph Smith to translate. But then Joseph lost those writings, and so we don't have them today. We'll talk more about that story when we study the Doctrine and Covenants. But for now, just know that the stories we have about Lehi's family were written by his son, Nephi. Now Nephi loved his parents and called them good. They taught their children the things that they knew, like how to speak and write Egyptian, and they loved their kids very much. They were living in Jerusalem at the time that a man named Je, I think I'm pronouncing it right, Jehoiakim was the king, and he had tried to fight against the Babylonians and King Nebuchadnezzar. And King Nebuchadnezzar did not like this. So he had Jehoiakim either killed or captured. And then he chose a different man named Zedekiah to be the king of Judah. And it was in Zedekiah's first year as the king that Nephi began his story. Now, during that time, most of the people living in Jerusalem were very wicked and did not love God. So God sent many prophets to Jerusalem to tell the people there to repent or else Jerusalem was going to be destroyed. Lehi himself was called to be a prophet. It happened like this. One night he was out and about praying to Heavenly Father with all of his heart about the people in Jerusalem. And all of a sudden a pillar of fire came from the sky and stood on a rock in front of him. Can you think of any other prophets who God talked to using fire? He talked to Moses in a burning bush, and to Joseph, and Joseph Smith describes Heavenly Father and Jesus standing in a pillar of fire when they talked to him. So it makes sense to me that God could talk to Lehi using fire too. Well, God showed and told Lehi many things, things that made Lehi quake and shake and tremble. It sounds like the things that he was shown and told were not very pleasant things. Well, after his vision, Lehi went home and threw himself on his bed. He was very overwhelmed with the feelings of the spirit and the knowledge of all that he had seen and heard. Well, guess what? While he was lying there thinking he had another vision. In this vision, the heavens opened before him, and he saw God sitting on his throne, surrounded with many, many angels who were singing and praising God. He then saw a specific man coming down from heaven, and this man was shining with light even brighter than sunlight in the middle of the day. Lehi also saw twelve other men following him, and they were shining with light even brighter than the stars at night. The twelve men came down to stand on the earth, and the first man that Lehi saw came to him and gave him a book and said, Read it. So Lehi read it and was filled to the brim with the Holy Ghost. The book contained prophecies about the destruction of Jerusalem and its people, and Lehi cried out, Oh, woe, woe unto Jerusalem. By the way, woe means misery or suffering. Lehi said, Jerusalem, I have seen your abominations and wickedness. Well, when Lehi had read and seen many great and marvelous things, he said many things to the man who had given him the book. Do you know who that man was? It was Jesus. Lehi said, Your works are great and marvelous, almighty God. Your power, goodness, and mercy is over the entire earth. And because you are merciful, you won't let anyone be destroyed who chooses to come to you. And even despite all the terrible things Lehi had seen, his soul was full of joy because he knew how the Lord would treat those who would repent. Now, Lehi was a man who had many, many visions and dreams, and he made many prophecies that he taught to his children. And Nephi has shared some of those with us that we will learn about in future stories. Well, after Lehi had seen many marvelous things from the Lord, he decided to go out to the people in Jerusalem and prophesy to them about the destruction they would suffer if they chose not to repent. Do you think that the Jews agreed with him? Oh, no, they did not at all. In fact, they began to make fun of him for the things he was saying. He tried to tell them about what was going to happen to Jerusalem and about the Messiah who would come to the earth to redeem everyone who had faith in him. Well, as Lehi kept prophesying, the Jews became more and more angry with him. They became so angry with him that they tried to kill him. How terrifying, right? Well, luckily, the Lord protected Lehi, and one night as he was sleeping, the Lord gave him a special dream and said, You are blessed, Lehi, because you have been faithful and obedient to me when I asked you to go tell the people in Jerusalem about the things that I have shown you and told you about. I know that they are trying to kill you, so I command you that you should take your family and get out of Jerusalem and go live in the wilderness." I can imagine that this would have been difficult for Lehi and his wife, Soraya, to do. They left their home and all of their gold and silver and precious things, and they took their kids and food and tents and left to go live in the wilderness. How would you like that? What if one day your dad said, "'All right, family, we need to pack up food and tents, and we're going to live in the wilderness, and you cannot bring your toys or books.'" Maybe it would be easy for you, or maybe it would be difficult for you. We're going to see how Lehi's family reacted to this act of faith. His family traveled south, close to the Red Sea. If you can remember from the Old Testament stories, the Red Sea is the body of water that Moses parted to help the Israelites get out of Egypt. Nephi found a lot of strength and hope in the stories about Moses, and I can imagine that he thought a lot about God's power to save his people as they camped by the Red Sea. Now, they traveled for three days, and then they stopped to pitch their tents in a valley by the side of a river. Once they got there, Lehi built an altar from stone so that he could make a sacrifice of gratitude to the Lord. Lehi named the river Laman, which was the name of his oldest son, and this river ran down into the Red Sea. When Lehi noticed this, he said to Laman, Oh, that you might be like this river, continually running into the fountain of all righteousness. And then he said to Lemuel, his next oldest son, Oh, that you might be like this valley, firm and steadfast and immovable in keeping the Lord's commandments. Now, Lehi hoped his words would change the attitude of, the, of his oldest sons. You see, they were kind of grouchy and cranky and complained all the time against Lehi. It's also called murmuring in the scriptures. They called their dad a visionary man, and they were bothered that he had taken them from their home in Jerusalem and left all of their money behind. They thought that they were going to die in the wilderness, so they were upset with Lehi and thought that he was a fool. Unfortunately, they did not understand the way that God worked, and they didn't understand that having faith and doing hard things leads to great blessings. They also didn't believe one bit that Jerusalem really was going to be destroyed, even though Lehi and many, many other prophets said so. They were kind of like the Jews in Jerusalem who had tried to kill Lehi. Isn't that terrible? Well... Nehi knew that they were upset with him, and at one point he was filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke many important things to them until they were both shaking. For a little while after that, they stopped complaining and were obedient to him. Now, Nephi was the youngest of the brothers, although he was rather large for his age, and he had been listening to his father's prophecies with curiosity and wonder, and he wanted to learn about God's mysteries. He had been watching Laman and Lemuel and the things they did and said in their unbelief, and he decided that he wanted to learn for himself whether or not his dad's words were true. So one day, he decided to go pray by himself and ask the Lord to teach him whether or not his dad's words were true. As he prayed, the Lord visited him and softened his heart. The Lord gave him the faith to believe in all that his dad had said, and Nephi began to believe the truth of his dad's words. He didn't treat his dad like Laman and Lemuel did. And he talked to his older brother, Sam, and told him about his experience in praying to the Lord. And Sam believed Nephi and also respected their dad, too. Well, Nephi also tried to talk to Laman and Lemuel about all that he had heard and felt as well. But Laman and Lemuel thought, Look at our little brother trying to teach us. He's crazy, too, just like our dad. This made Nephi really sad. So he prayed to the Lord about his brothers, and the Lord talked to him again and said, Nephi, you are blessed because of your faith. You chose to diligently seek me with humility. As long as you keep my commandments, you will prosper and do well, and I will lead you to a promised land that I have prepared for you and your family. It is a very special, very good land." If your brothers keep choosing to rebel against you, then they will not have the Holy Ghost with them and won't be able to be with me. But if you keep my commandments, then I will make you their ruler and their teacher. If your brothers choose to rebel against me and my commandments, then I will curse them and they won't have any power over your kids and your kids' families unless they rebel against me too. And if your posterity rebels against me too... The Laman and Lemuel's posterity will cause trouble and sorrow for your family, and hopefully they will remember me. After the Lord was done speaking with Nephi, Nephi went to Lehi's tent, and Lehi said, Nephi, I have had a dream in which the Lord commanded me to send you and your brothers back to Jerusalem to get some records engraved on on plates of brass. The records will tell me my family tree. And they also contain scriptures. It is very important for us to have them. So the Lord commanded me to send you guys back to try and get them from Laban and bring them back here. I've told Laman and Lemuel about it already and they are complaining and saying that I'm expecting them to do something way too hard. But the thing is, it's not me who is commanding them to do it. It's the Lord. Nephi, if you go, you will be blessed by the Lord because you haven't murmured or complained. Well, what do you think Nephi said to his dad? He said these important words that you will probably memorize at some point someday. He said, Dad, I will go and do the things that the Lord has commanded because I know that he won't give us commandments except he should prepare a way for us that we can do all that he has commanded. In fact, These important words became part of a primary song that I'm sure you've heard before. I'll sing the first verse for you, and you can join me if you know the words. It goes like this. The Lord commanded Nephi to go and get the plates from the wicked Laban inside the city gates. Laban and Lemuel were both afraid to try. Nephi was courageous, this was his reply. I will go, I will do the things the Lord commands. I know the Lord provides a way, He wants me to obey. I will go, I will do the things the Lord commands. I know the Lord provides a way, He wants me to obey. Did you know that the Lord has commanded parents around the earth today to teach their kids specific things? Sometimes if you feel like your parents are asking you to do things that seem too hard for you or maybe things that you don't feel like doing, like praying or reading your scriptures or going to church, then you can always think about Nephi and his response to doing something that seemed tricky and hard. You can tell yourself, I will go. I will do the things that the Lord commands. I know the Lord provides a way. He wants me to obey. And then you can always, always, always say a prayer to Heavenly Father and ask Him for the strength and understanding to do whatever you think might be too hard for you. I promise that He will hear you and He will help you. Well, when Lehi heard Nephi's response to the Lord's command, he felt so glad and knew that Nephi had been blessed by the Lord. So, after getting ready, Nephi and his brothers journeyed three days back to Jerusalem. When they got there, they had a planning meeting to decide which of them should go to Laban's house first. They cast lots, which is like drawing straws or doing eeny, meeny, miny, moe or rock, paper, scissors. And it ended up that Laman was the first one to try to get the plates from Laban. So, Laman went to Laban's house and sat down to talk to him. He asked if he could have the brass plates because they contained his father Lehi's genealogy or his family tree. Laban did not like that this random stranger was there to ask him for the special records. So, Laban kicked him out of his house and said, "'You are a robber trying to sell my property. I will have you killed!' But Laman ran away super fast and told his brothers everything that had happened. They were all very sad that the plan had not worked. And Nephi's brothers thought, Well, that's that. We should go back to our parents in the wilderness. But Nephi said, Wait a minute, guys. We can't go back to our dad until we've accomplished this task that the Lord has commanded us to do. Come on, let's try being faithful and keeping the Lord's commandments. Hey, I have an idea. Let's go to our house here in Jerusalem and get all of dad's gold and silver and riches that he left behind when he followed the Lord's commandment to leave. We can try and buy the plates from Laban. The plates are important for us to have in the wilderness. It will help us remember our language and be able to teach it to our kids. And it's full of prophecies from the prophets that are also important for us to have. So come on guys, let's try one more time. His brothers had been persuaded to try one more time. So they went back to their house in Jerusalem and gathered together all of their riches and brought them to Laban's house. Laban let them in, but when the boys tried to persuade Laban to sell them the plates in exchange for their riches, Laban's greed and selfishness overcame him, and he kicked the boys out of his house and kept their riches and then ordered his servants to go kill them so that he could keep their riches." Thankfully, the brothers ran away quickly, so they weren't killed, and they ran to a cave in the rocks outside of Jerusalem and hid. After this experience, Laman and Lemuel were very angry with Nephi and their dad, so they spoke harshly to Nephi and Sam and became so worked up in their anger that they hit them with a big stick. As they were beating Nephi up, an angel appeared and said, "'Hey, why are you hitting your brother with that rod?' Don't you know that because of your own wickedness, the Lord has chosen him to be a ruler over you? Stop hitting him and go back to Jerusalem, and the Lord will deliver Laban into your hands and help you get the plates. And then the angel disappeared. Can you guess what Laban and Lemuel did after seeing a real live angel? They complained. Can you believe it? They said, what How is it even possible that the Lord can deliver Laban into our hands? Laban is a strong and mighty man, and he can command 50 soldiers. He can command 50 soldiers to go kill 50 men. So why wouldn't he have us killed? Nephi said, Let's go back to Jerusalem and be faithful to the Lord. He's stronger and mightier than anyone else on earth, so why wouldn't he be even mightier than Laban and his 50 soldiers, or even tens and thousands of soldiers? Let's have faith in him and his power and be strong like Moses. Remember how he spoke to the Red Sea and it parted so that the Israelites could escape Egypt? And then Pharaoh and his armies followed them but were drowned in the Red Sea? You've heard this story all your lives and believe it to be true. And you guys even just saw an angel. So how can you doubt that God will help us right here, right now? Come on, let's go back to Jerusalem. The Lord is able to protect us, just like he did with the Israelites. And he can destroy Laban, just like he destroyed the Egyptians. When Nephi was done speaking, his brothers were still pretty upset and kept murmuring or complaining. But they did follow Nephi back to the walls of Jerusalem. By this time, it was night, and Nephi and his brothers hid outside the walls of the city. Once they were nice and hidden, Nephi crept into the city and went towards Laban's house. He had no idea what he was going to do, but he trusted the Lord and was led by the Holy Ghost. When he was close to Laban's house, he saw a drunk man lying on the ground. As he got closer, he discovered that it was Laban. Nephi saw his sword and withdrew it from his sheath, and noticed that the blade was made of steel, and the hilt was made of pure gold, and it was a beautiful sword. While he was looking at Laban's sword, the Holy Ghost whispered to him, "'Kill Laban with his sword.'" And Nephi was befuddled. He said in his heart, "'What? I've never killed anyone before. I can't kill Laban.'" And Nephi shrunk from the prompting and wouldn't kill Laban. But then the Holy Ghost whispered to him again and said, The Lord has delivered Laban into your hands. And as Nephi thought about it, he realized that Laban had tried to kill him and his brothers, and he also had stolen all of their precious riches. And both of these crimes were punishable by death, according to the law of Moses. And as he thought of these things... The Spirit said to him a third time, "'Kill Laban. The Lord has delivered him into your hands. The Lord allows the wicked to be killed so that his righteous plans can move forward. It's better for Laban to die than to have your family spiritually die because of unbelief without your scriptures and genealogy in the wilderness.'" And when Nephi heard these words from the Holy Ghost, he remembered some words that the Lord had told him while he was in the wilderness that if his kids and posterity should keep the Lord's commandments, they would prosper in the land. And he thought, Oh, yeah, my kids can't keep the law of Moses unless they have a written record of the law. And I know that the law is engraved on the plates of brass. And I know that the Lord allowed Laban to be delivered into my hands so that I could get the records that he commanded me to get. Ah, it all makes sense. All right, I don't want to kill, but I will do what I have been commanded to do. Then Nephi did obey and grabbed Laban by the hair and cut his head off. What do you think about that? Is it maybe a little bit strange to you that the Lord has given us the commandment not to kill anyone, but then he told Nephi to kill Laban? According to the law of Moses, Laban should have rightfully been killed for the crimes he committed against Lehi's family. Some people use this story to think that they can be prompted by the Holy Ghost to break a commandment from the Lord, but here is a quote from one of our latter-day prophets president harold b lee that might clear this up for us he said when there is to be anything different from that which the lord has told us already he will reveal it to his prophet and no one else so you can keep the words from the prophet in mind as you try to understand promptings you receive from the holy ghost throughout your life all right back to our story so after nephi had cut off laban's head He took off Laban's clothes and armor and put it all on himself so that he looked just like Laban. Then he walked towards the room in Laban's house where he kept all his treasure. And on his way there, he saw one of Laban's servants who just so happened to have the keys to the treasury. Nephi then made his voice to sound like Laban's and he commanded the servant to go with him into the treasury. And you know what? The servant really thought that Nephi was Laban. That's how well disguised he was. The servant began to talk to Nephi about the Jewish elders, who he knew Laban had been with earlier that night, and Nephi made conversation as if he really were Laban and said to the servant that he needed to carry the brass plates to his brothers who were outside the walls of Jerusalem, and Nephi asked the servant to come with him. The servant thought that Nephi was talking about Laban's brothers in the church, so he followed Nephi out of Jerusalem. Now, when Nephi and the servant made it out of the city, Nephi's brothers saw Nephi and were absolutely terrified because they thought that it was really Laban himself and that he had killed Nephi and was on his way to kill them. They were so scared that they began to run away from Nephi, but Nephi called out to them in his normal voice and they recognized that it was just Nephi dressed up like Laban. They were so relieved and stopped running away, but then Laban's servant noticed them coming back, and he noticed that Nephi really wasn't Laban, so he began to shake and tremble and turned away to run away from Nephi. But because Nephi was so big, and because he had received strength strength from the Lord, he was able to capture the servant and hold him down until his brothers could get to them. Nephi then gave the servant a solemn, serious promise that if the servant would listen to him, then Nephi would let him live. He promised him that he had no reason to be afraid of them and that he could be a free man himself if he went into the wilderness with them. Nephi said, The Lord has commanded us to get these brass plates, so shouldn't we be willing and diligent in keeping his commandments?" If you come back to my father in the wilderness with us, you can live with us and be free. The servant's name was Zoram, and he began to trust Nephi as he spoke. He believed Nephi and promised that he would travel with them to where Lehi was camped to live with them in the wilderness. The brothers were all very relieved because they were afraid Zoram might run back into Jerusalem and tell the Jews about them, and they might run after the brothers and destroy them. So the four brothers and one ex-servant, Zoram, began their three-day journey back to Lehi's camp in the wilderness. That day that they arrived at the camp, both Lehi and Saria were filled with joy and gladness. Saria had started to fear and mourn that her sons had died in the wilderness. She was so afraid, in fact, that she had started to murmur herself against Lehi, saying unkind things to him. Lehi knew that she was saying those things, not because she disliked Lehi, but because she was sad. So he comforted her by saying, I know that I am a man of visions. If I hadn't received visions from God, I would never have known of his goodness. And I would have been stuck in Jerusalem to die with my friends there. But the Lord has promised to lead us to the promised land. And that makes me joyful. And I myself know that the Lord will protect our sons from Laban and help them return to us. So, when the boys really did return, Soraya was very relieved, and she said, Oh, now I know of a surety that the Lord really did command my husband and family to run away to the wilderness. I know that the Lord protected my sons from Laban and gave them power to do the things that he commanded them to do. Lehi and Soraya were so happy to have their sons back that they offered another sacrifice of gratitude to the Lord and said many prayers of thanks. Then Lehi took the brass plates and began to read them, and study them, and search them. He discovered that the brass plates contained the first five books of Moses, which included the story of Adam and Eve, and they also had records of the Jewish leaders from the beginning of their reign, even down to that time that King Zedekiah had taken control of Judah. There were also important prophecies from the prophets, and a genealogy of Lehi's family, so that he discovered that he was a descendant of Joseph, the same Joseph whose brothers sold him to be a slave, and who eventually worked for the pharaoh in Egypt. Laban had also been a descendant of Joseph, which is why those genealogical records were saved on those particular plates. As Lehi studied these plates, he was filled with the Spirit and began to prophesy about his children and posterity. He said that the brass plates would be made available to all the nations of his posterity and that they would never be destroyed or decay after time. Lehi and Nephi were so grateful to have the brass plates with them and they recognized that the Lord helped them retrieve them for very important reasons. All right, well, that is the end of our story for this week. And I am excited to tell you next week's story. So until then, I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of your week. Bye-bye.